You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. So a very common scenario, this will bring a smile to your face, Sean. Very common scenario we see in lessons is, you know, we like using seven irons in lessons because it's kind of middle of the back. Exactly right. And, you know, most golfers will come in, they want to increase their shaft lean or lag or whatever you call it. And so they do some rehearsals and they have the handle way outside their front leg and there's, you know, 25 degrees of shaft lean and they're really trying to overfeel what they want to do. And then... You know, you work with them during the lesson, and then, you know, towards the end, you'll pull out driver, and they'll make the same rehearsal with the driver. And that's where, for us, the red flags go off. Like, this this player does not understand the differences uh, with delivering a driver versus delivering an iron. Yeah. And it can make your <laughs> – where your drive goes, it has a huge influence on where that goes. Yeah, they're just, just not the same, you know. It's not – one is way teed up. The other one's off the ground. One's trying to launch the ball really high with no spin. The other one we're trying to get some spin on. Yeah. Um, and I think the confusion with the driver, people think, oh, I'm just going to make the same swing with every club in the bag, including the driver. It doesn't really work like that. And one of the main reasons is, and Mike touched on it here with the shaft lean, the driver is one of the clubs you really don't want any shaft lean. You want to deliver that thing pretty much straight up and down. Straight up and down. You know, that gives you the best chance to hit it level or slightly up catch it kind of high on the face, utilizing the right amount of loft on the driver. You're not adding loft by having the handle back, obviously, but having it come in straight gives you the best chance to use the driver like it was designed to be used. You'll get maximum ball speed, the right amount of height. If your shaft, if your clubs are fit properly, you'll have the right amount of height and the right amount of spin. And you, you, you add those three things together, the launch, the spin, and the ball speed, and you maximize distance. Yeah, it's uh, it would be nice if it was all the same, right? And you know, for the most part, you're going to see extremely similar body movements. But the the idea of lining up a driver shaft and by that we mean just lining it back up to vertical versus leaning an iron shaft or really any club that's kind of hit off the ground. There's some element of lean to it. Uh, it's how you present that sweet spot to the club, right? Absolutely, the balls up off the ground. You really wouldn't have to lean any club to get the sweet spot on it. Uh, you wouldn't hit a seven iron very far if you didn't lean it. But anytime the club's on the ground, there has to be some element of lean to expose that sweet spot to the ball. And that goes away with a driver. Exactly right. And just to take it a step further, we've looked at a lot of we, – we've got a bunch of captures and gears where we have the, the tour player has the iron swing and the driver swing. Even the kind of the shape of the hand path is a little bit like more different, right? The hands go a little more down the line, especially if the iron swing goes around to the left, and the body, upper body, kicks back just a little bit in the impact to allow 
the player to hit up, hit up on it. So part of that is that the stance is wider too. There's a little more shifting going Ball position. On. Yeah, yeah. Ball positions forward, stance is wider, a little more lean to the right with the body. So a lot of it you can kind of build in at address, especially if you're struggling with driver. Well, I know a lot of you are popping it up, not too much spin on it. Toe balls. Yeah, not hitting the sweet spot. You know, let's get this set up right first. Get your stance a little wider than your irons, you know, outside of shoulder width. So you got a good base. Get the ball up in the front of your instep. And a lot of you that do that, you're going to make kind of a, a cardinal sin of when you put the ball in the front of your stance, your shoulders are going to get way open. You know, make sure you get kind of squared up again when you have the club up there because it's going to tend to drag you a little open. So those are a couple of things you can do at address to get you in the right spot to have that driver come in the, the way you want it. Um, I wish I could remember who, who I heard this from. Uh, it was an old teaching pro, and I don't mean old disrespectfully at all. It means he had a lot of experience teaching. And he would get golfers to have the same hand position, body position, everything that they do with their seven iron as he wanted them to have with their driver, meaning your chest is pretty much pointing down the middle of your feet. And then he would have them move the driver head forward. So now the shaft is leaning backwards. At address? At address. Because you're exactly right. Most golfers will start to point their chest. Because just about in every other shot, your chest is is kind of pointing at the ball. Great point. And they would start to point their chest at the ball when it's way up by their front foot. Now their shoulders are massively open. And they get that kind of big end out or out to end path shape to it. So this was a really cool a way he had them set up and just kind of fake that the ball's right there in the middle of your stance, but just move the club head forward. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mean, I always have these flashbacks of um, looking at Golf Digest or Golf Magazine over the years because I, I I was getting them in the mail when I was a little kid all the way through. Straight golf a, nerd from a young age. Years. Yeah, I had both magazines would come in. I'd read them cover <laughs> to cover, then go try everything, and then play like play terrible for two weeks. <laughs> that was a, pretty much how it went down. But I remember this one I think it was a cover story. It was like the secret setup, the secret driver setup. And it had a collage of like the top 30 players. And uh, the, the the secret tip was that the driver shaft was angled back a little bit. Yeah. Address. Yep. It was a great photo collage. I mean, it had everybody. And they were they had those hands back there because what I mean is the ball's forward, but you're, you still want pretty mid-body hands. So the butt of the club's kind of at your belt buckle. And if you do that, the shaft leans back a little leans bit. Leans backwards. But it's disconcerting, it disconcerting for a lot of handicap golf, high handicapper golfers or golfers in general because it, it doesn't look right. They're like, well, damn, I, I'm going to end up like that if I set There's up There's no like other that. club in the bag you do that with. Right. So they think that if they do that, that's how they're going to hit it. Yeah. But they don't realize that that's actually going to help them get the hands up a little bit to the ball at impact so they've got that straight line. 90 degrees from the hands to the ball, not lean back or forward. No, it's, it's, I, I still kind of use it to this day as a cue. If I need to draw one, need to make it turn over, I make sure I set up with that shaft leaning. But for whatever reason, it makes me able to hit an easier draw than, you know, kind of a normal setup because it kind of, to me, it looks like the face is more pointing left. Uh, I got you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely start to adopt that if you're, and most of you might not even realize if you do it or not. So first thing is to find out if your setup's correct. Have someone take a picture from dead face on and see where your ball position is and then see where your hand slash club head or excuse me, club shaft are relative to that. 
Yeah, it's very difficult to to set up correctly with a driver if you shove your hands up in line with a golf ball. Yes, very the, tough. The, the other good thing that can happen when your hands are back a little bit, it kind of presets you to sweep the grass a little bit on the takeaway because it's 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 positioned that when you start back, the club has to kind of brush the ground a little bit so you're not just picking it up straight up and almost like chopping down on it. It gives you a little bit of a, a lower start to the takeaway because I know a lot of people tend to, Obviously, you call, we call it chopping wood, right? They pick the club straight up like an axe and chop down. Mm-hmm. When the hands are back a little, it cheats you a little bit to taking the club back slot. I remember, I can remember years ago being in the golf tournament, and that was like, I was a junior golfer, and the one thing my dad would tell me, he's like, just make sure on the backs when you're driving, you, you just brush the grass because you're, you're taking it up, you know, out, it's outside too much. And he wasn't a golf teacher, but he was a good player. He was a scratch golfer, and he, he could see when I started – I was just picking the club up with my arms, taking the club outside of the target line too quick, and I could not drive it like that. So he would just say, you know, make sure you feel like you brushed the ground a little. But if I had my hands forward, there was no way I could do that. It would kind of immediately pick up. Yeah, it's, uh, gosh, the setup with the driver is so important, isn't it? Yeah, you don't realize, you, you, you don't realize that you put yourself in such a bad spot by not setting up the right way with the driver. And in many cases, depending on what, the issue is it can dictate how you move the club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you're, if your setup angles are wrong, all of a sudden the, the golf swing is just becomes a bunch of compensations. If your hips are closed and the upper body's open, I call it a twisted setup. Mm, yeah. I see that all every day. I mean, the face is face angles wrong. The ball's tee too low, probably for a reason. Cause they hit down on it too much and they don't want to get sky marks on their driver, but they've already put themselves in a spot. Like, you could literally walk down the driving range and just say, okay, 50 guys or 50 golfers, get set up to a driver. I'm going to come down and, and I'm going to give you a 1 to 10 on how good you're <laughs> going to hit the next five balls. You know? Yeah. So, you know, so I would say, okay, the first one, okay, this guy looks like a pretty good grip, pretty good setup. He, he looks like he's aimed pretty good. He's got the ball in the right place. All right, I'm going to give him a 7. Next guy. Wide open stance, grips terrible, standing too close, balls back. I'm going to give him a two. I mean, you could just. You can pretty well forecast it. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, sometimes the bad swings creep in because they got to make a setup to hit a straight shot. I, I get that. But start working on your setup and, and kind of go from there, and you'll have a lot better chance of making a decent pass at the ball. It'll give you a chance to, yeah. yeah. Some guys have no chance with their setup. Right, you just have to be an athlete on the downswing and hope you outplay the mechanics of the swing, and it's it, tough to do. It's hard to watch. Like you, know, you and I play some, and we'll go warm up, and you see these setups and grips, and with the driver especially because they're trying to hit it so hard. They take like a hammer grip with their right hand, and it's like overswing, club cast. They the the driver. I think the other part of the problem with the driver, and it's most important club in the bag. Right, we talked about mm-hmm. that before. If you can't drive the ball, you really you have no chance. No, it makes golf so hard. You're, you're gonna quit. So they automatically think. Let's say they hit. I, I think I got this from Butch Harmon in some seminar he did for the PGA. He, he said the problem is everybody knows that they hit their seven iron, 160, 150. Mm-hmm. Right, they mm-hmm. know they hit their five iron, whatever, one eighty five. And they make a swing that they know produces that number. It's a, you know, it's not an all-out effort. It's probably an eight or a nine on the scale. Well, they get to a driver, and they just think it's unlimited distance. Like, there's no number. 
So they just they just there's no ceiling. No, they just crank the body more. They make too big of a swing. It's not their normal swing. Now they got no chance to yeah. get the driver in the sweet spot because the number one skill to driving the ball is hitting the ball in the sweet spot with a squarish club face. I mean, obviously yeah. there's more to it than that, but so it kind of comes full circle. Just over swinging just because you think the driver is unlimited is just going to cause you nothing but headaches. Well, everybody thinks they can hit their driver farther. So in essence, it is unlimited. Everyone thinks it's they can more, hit. it's, it's less limited than what they're hitting now. Yeah. The, everyone thinks they can hit it 300. That's like the running joke, right? I've already hit yeah. it 300. 300. There's very few people, even now with the clubs and the balls the way they are. That Well, one that tells us the player is counting total, which yeah. no one knows what their total number is yeah. ever. But even on like, let's say you put it, you get in, our, our studio has a TrackMan simulator. Right. And you put it on Tour Fairway, it gives you the, a decent amount of roll. There's very few people that can stand there. And hit it 300 total, it's, it's, yeah. It's, I don't even dare to guess the percentage. Well, we were at, uh, I won't say where, but when we were at the <laughs> club and and they were, there was a I bunch of guys. where, but we were. <laughs> and a bunch of guys were. Uh, on the simulator, and they were just playing around, right? I forget what course they were playing, but they were playing around. <laughs> and after about the second hole, I mean, they were all up in arms about how short their carries were. Something wrong with my track they, man. They said, you know, the track man, I said, these things just figure 30 yards. Like they said, everybody just play 30 yards more. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they just assumed that the number was off by 30. Yeah, track man, the m- most accurate machine on the planet was off by 30 yards like did you ever think that you know you might be the problem you might be the one that's off uh, <laughs> so and yeah, we just got a chuckle out of that because that's golfers by and large now there's if you're serious about your game and you know your gappings you're the exception most golfers have no idea they will remember the one eight iron that landed on the front of a rock hard green and finished on the back of the green that was 165 away not understanding really that it carried 140. They think their eight iron goes 165 now. Um, that, downwind. Track, that track man simulator, you see some long faces. Yeah, sometimes. you see some. Especially when I say, and I get up there and say, well, I hit my I hit my eight iron 165 or whatever, and it lands right on the number 165. It's like, well, who do you think is, is off here? Well, that that's, and to be honest, that's why a lot of people don't like getting their swings measured because the, the numbers you're going to see are they don't care about your feelings. <laughs> no. They're very uh, rough on your feelings sometimes, and you're going to be told exactly what's happening. And that's that's a not always a kind stroke to the ego when that happens. It's, and the same with the driver. You know, the, you get in there and you hit the driver, and it's coming up way shorter than you think. The the good part about that though is you're getting some data. You know, especially if you hit on a track man. Now we can go to work saying, okay, you're delivering the club with too much loft so let's address you know figure that out you're hitting it on the toe so let's figure out why that's happening pretty quickly just with a couple of adjustments you can get if you have some data that you're working off you can especially if they're over spinning it you can get the spin rate a little lower get them hit in the sweet spot without any more club head speed actually with less club head speed they might hit it farther because the conditions are so much better so if you're driving it if you th- if you don't think you're driving it far enough, the answer is not to go out and buy super speed sticks and start, you know, swinging the super speed. They're a great product, don't get me wrong, but a lot of times you need to fix the underlying reason why you're not getting the distance out of your driver. Go get it measured, figure out why it has too much spin, 
why you're hitting it too high or too low. Might be a club fitting issue. It might be a mechanics issue. And then once you once you get more efficient with the speeds you have and you're optimized there, then adds you know, strength and and conditioning to that. But the other way around doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. No, you got to plug the leaks first. Thank you. I mean, if your boat's leaking, right? You got to bottom of your. Big, let's put a bigger. Uh, let's bo- put a bigger motor on this. The bottom bitch. of your boat's a screen door, right? This you, thing, you don't need a bigger engine. This thing can't get into the dock with this motor. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the motor, and ninety nine point nine nine percent of golfers have leaks. We're sinking leaks. more more yeah. power. <laughs> yeah, it's just it never ends. That's something that mo- that engine won't be big enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the crazy thing about this is, and I'm, I'm just thinking of the pros that we've seen. I don't really can't think of one who's come in, who's had an issue with the driver, that those same mechanical issues weren't present in the irons. It's just, everything is much more magnified with the driver. If you have a swing issue, you have a swing issue. You really don't have two different sets of mechanics. Right, it's just as soon as you pull driver out and that swing gets long and it starts to go fast, whatever issues you have become magnified. So you're not really always going to fix your mechanical issues of how you move your body with the longest club and fastest club in your bag. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, go ahead, you finish. No, it's thing. like the 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 same thing is going to apply for your irons, even though you may be less noticeable or you may be able to get away with it. But that's where you're going to make your change at. The last thing I'm going to say because it reminded me. That you know, you get people coming in and I hit my short irons longer than all my buddies, but I hit my driver real high and spinning and it's shorter than everybody. Mm-hmm. So all they've done is let's say that particular golfer, they're really steep and over the top, they figured out how to trap their pitching wedge and just hit hard pulls. Mm-hmm. So those are longer, mm-hmm. but when they get to the driver, all bets are off because they're hitting down too much, probably too much shaft lean, wiping across it. And then they just don't get the distance of their driver. So, or the opposite, right? Guys who drive it really well, maybe kind of have a little Flick throw it. down at the bottom. Hundred percent. Like that's See a great driver day. swing. You can get away with that, and then you don't hit your irons anywhere. Yeah, and the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle yep. where you become a proficient driver and you can hit the iron solid, and that's kind of the the holy grail, I guess. Yep. But uh, I guess in the end, the major theme here is the driver. Try to get it to line up. You don't need a ton of shaftling. I actually don't want shaftling with no. it. I know that's mind-blowing to some people that have been trying to do that, but just that one thought of just kind of get the driver to line up and impact mm-hmm. might be the trick that helps you start hitting it better. Yeah, you'd be surprised at what the right concept will do. Are we good here? Yep, we're good. So if you're enjoying these, please go to iTunes, click five-star, and leave us a written review. That helps more golfers find the podcast, and we're trying to help as many as we can. <laughs>